Welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. I am Cody Tucker. Be sure to like and subscribe. Tell a friend. All that kind of stuff. Um, first episode in a while of solo-ness. Uh, I've had some pretty good guests in the past couple weeks. Uh, Brittany Cade, a transgender porn star. So definitely check that one out because it was a very interesting conversation. Uh, Katie Kingery, uh, Earl Skakel, David Weathers. A lot of great conversations. Things got a little weird as per usual. Um, so, yeah, check those out if you haven't. Um, but it's good to be back by myself to wallow in my own weird, slightly offensive thoughts. <laughs> but it all comes from love. So, you know, fuck off. <laughs> um, so we're going to go through a couple of topics that I've been kind of noticing in the past couple of weeks. And end with the old monster of the week. Um, so I'm going to keep doing for a little while because it is actually kind of interesting to me. may not be interesting to you, but, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there. So, yeah. Um, first topic of discussion is this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that is not one of the Migos. Um, that is Brittany Griner. Uh, Griner, hardly know her. Um, if you don't know who Brittany Griner is, uh, you have that in common with 99% of the world before this year. Um, she is a WNBA player who went to Russia to play basketball, brought a little dope with her. And if you don't know much about Russian laws, which you would also have in common with Brittany Griner, they ain't a fan of that kind of shit. There is, like, a very low tolerance for bringing drugs into countries like Russia. Um, you would think she would have known that, which I'm sure that she has a fucking manager or agent who's like, hey, have you checked your bag for weed? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And there was no weed in it? Maybe a little. Take it the fuck out. Like, they will lock your ass up. And she's like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> like no. No, you can't bring fucking drugs into Russia. Like, have you ever seen Midnight Express? I know that's Turkey, but what's the fucking difference? They don't fucking... And she brought hash oil, which I didn't even know that was still a thing. The last time I ever heard somebody use the word hash was like, I was watching like a Cheech and Chong movie. Like, like why the fuck you bring hash? And then she must have the same fucking lawyers that Amber Turd had because the excuses that they've been like funneling through her are wild like so one one of the things she was doing to try to like plea with the uh, Russian you know judiciary officials I don't know what they're called in Russia um, one of the ways she was trying to plead with them was by showing a picture of her wife and giving like a tearful sentimental plea of like please let me return home to my beautiful wife now Great idea, for the most part, except for the fact that <laughs> Russia fucking hates gay people. Like, you might have been all right if you would have just, like, laid low on the fact that you're gay. They don't, that's like the one thing they hate worse than drugs, is any sort of homosexuality. They don't fucking play with that shit. And, like, so pleading, saying, like, let me go home and go back to being a lesbian is not going to work for them. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, I'm in by no means an expert on international relations or any kind of international laws. But I know enough to know that they don't fuck with gay people in Russia. It's just how it is. I mean, my God. And then they're saying, like, oh, well, 
She also has a prescription for cannabis. Not there. She didn't have a prescription. What you think anyone in Russia gives a fuck what her prescription of for cannabis is? They don't give a shit. Like they, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and people are like, "Fuck Russia, fuck them." Hey, I'm with you. Fuck Russia, but not because of this. Like this is actually something I agree with Russia about. Like, I mean, not all the way because I, for one, I don't think there should be really like hardly any drug laws except for maybe like meth and fentanyl or something, you know, but then at the same time, I don't worry about the fentanyl thing. Cause the only people that are dying from that shit are cokeheads and heroin addicts, which good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not worried about them. Like if you're dumb enough to do cocaine in 2022 or heroin, like, yeah, you deserve to, you know, be rolling the dice with, you know, ending up having, you know, a massive overdose. <laughs> I mean, I it's fucking bewilders me that people still do cocaine. I never would have guessed that. But, you know, that's that. Um, yeah, Brittany Griner is just a fucking idiot. So, you know, I hate to sound, um, you know, unsympathetic, unempathetic. But for fuck's sake, like, how do you not know to not bring drugs into another country? If I had any doubts on what a country's laws are, I would just fucking Google it. Like, I guarantee you, if I if I Googled right now, hey, can you bring drugs into Russia? <laughs> it would just be like, in capital letters, no. <laughs> and I'd be like, alright, well, hash oil is staying at the house. Like, and then everybody's just like, going off on this whole thing of like, oh, we should be over there trying to help her. Like, for fucking what? Like, she did it. It isn't like somebody just, like, dropped hash oil in her fucking bag. Like, she chose to bring drugs into a country that doesn't tolerate that shit. Like, that's how that works. It's the... And then her wanting to get fucking the president to come get her out. It's like, hey, bitch. Like, (laughs) this dude can't even get up a flight of stairs on his own. He's not helping you. Like, he's gonna make it way worse. You're gonna end up having the death penalty if this son of a bitch gets involved. And, like, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are people suddenly giving a fuck? Like, it's the same thing. So, like, a version of this happened in the 90s with this little fucking college dickhead kid um, who went to Malaysia. I'm pretty sure it was Malaysia. And he went to Malaysia in, like, 93. And they, in Malaysia, have zero tolerance for, mo- like, like, whatever is a law there. It isn't like a, uh, you got a ticket. No, it's like, hey, we're going to fuck you up if you break any of these laws. Like, they they are not screwing around with any of their laws. So, in Malaysia, they take vandalism super seriously. Like, I mean, really seriously. Like, even just putting gum, like spitting gum out on the street, fucking jail. Going to jail. Like, that's it. Um, so, there was this college kid who went to Malaysia. Of course, a white kid. And just sort of vandalizing shit. Sort of busting windows, spray painting, like doing all kinds of shit. Got caught. And the punishment in Malaysia, and not just for him, for anyone who does who vandalizes shit, is getting caned. And it's like 25 times, I think, is what his like sentence was. Was to be caned in the on the ass and lower back 25 times with a big-ass bamboo rod. Um, yeah, and that's their punishment. Do I think that that's barbaric? Sure, but guess what? I don't fucking live in Malaysia. And neither did he. He was visiting and being a dickhead. And so he deserved to get beat. Like, he deserved to get his ass whooped, literally, for vandalizing this country that he doesn't even live in. And he's not respecting their law, not respecting their country, like, their place. Like, there's a reason why people in pretty much the majority of the world fucking hate us. (laughs) And it's because we do shit like that. Like, we do shit like that and think, oh, well, I'm just going to get a ticket. It's like, hey... Nah, like the U.S. is pretty relaxed when it comes to a lot of laws. Um, Obviously, there's injustices, and depending on what you look like, you might get treated a little bit differently, get a different punishment. Not going against any of that. But as far as, like, sheer brutality and barbarism, we don't really have that. I mean, we fucking barely even do the death penalty. And, I mean, we should be bringing that shit back. Hardcore. Guillotine. Not even, like, the lethal injection. Like, we should be having public guillotinings. Um, on, like, a daily basis, honestly. Mostly for pedophilia. But, you know, I guess other things, too. But, yeah, so this kid gets in all this trouble. 
sends this, you know, the bat signal to Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton rushes to go get him, saves him. He gets in zero trouble. Doesn't learn a single lesson. That's how you learn a lesson. You fuck up and you get your ass beat. And then you think, the next time you go to Malaysia, maybe I shouldn't throw a rock through this window. <laughs> like, that's how that works. And everybody's, like, so fucking happy and, like, oh, Bill Clinton's such a fucking hero. It's like, hey, he didn't do any, he didn't help anybody. Now the country of Malaysia is, they look like a bunch of bitches because they weren't able to dish out the punishment that they're legally allowed to do, like, for their country. And Russia's the same way. In general, fuck Russia. Like, fuck the Russian government. Not, like, the people of Russia, but fuck the Russian government in general. But it's their country. It's their laws. They could, if that's what they wanted to do for the punishment, for bringing Hashlow into the country, they have every right to do that. I'm not going to Russia. And I don't do fucking hash. I don't even know how you do hash, to be honest. I think it's a brick. But, you know, I don't remember that being in the D.A.R.E. videos. <laughs> they weren't showing a fucking high school senior uh, having bricks of hash in his locker. So, I don't know. But, and then the the main argument that's just really fucking frustrating is the argument going on about the whole, if this was LeBron James, this wouldn't be happening. Well, no shit. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Fuck LeBron. I don't like LeBron James, which I made that abundantly clear. But he is smart enough to not bring drugs into a country that isn't cool with you bringing drugs into their goddamn country. Like, that's... He's smart enough to know that. So, yeah. This wouldn't be happening. LeBron James wouldn't have gotten himself in this situation. And then everybody's like, well, you know, she has to go to Russia to earn a decent income like bullshit i looked up her salary she makes two a little over 200 grand a year that is about 180 grand more than what she deserves in my opinion she plays in the fucking wnba have you has anyone watched a wnba game i've watched one in my entire life because i was like well let me see what the fuck is going on over there and there was I'm telling you, whenever I played basketball in like middle school, we had more people in our attendance than they did in a WNBA game. Like there was not a single person there, and most of them were probably the parents of the players. Like I was like, what the fuck is this? Like no wonder, like just no one gives a fuck about it. No one cares about the WNBA. In general, no one cares about women's sports. I mean, except for like beach volleyball. <laughs> I mean, but that's it is true. Like and. I'm not saying it should be that way, but things are the way they should be usually. Like, you know, I mean, it's not unfair that LeBron James and Steph Curry and Jason Tatum make millions of dollars a year and Brittany Griner makes 200000 It's not unfair. It is perfectly fair because they are both getting what they have earned. And part of that isn't just how hard you work and all that. It's like, what is your popularity level? Like, how much money are you bringing in to the people who pay you. Because the more money you bring in to the people that pay you, the more they can pay you back. So LeBron James, somebody who, you know, consistently has been in the top three most popular players for the past probably 20 years. Uh, every Whatever team he's on, he the second he becomes a part of that team, the tickets are selling out. The second he leaves that team, massive drop-off. The Cleveland Cavaliers, when he left... Both times, I mean, just a stunning drop-off in ticket sales. But it's because of LeBron James. Like, And again, fuck him. He's a pussy. But he deserves all of that money. He deserves every bit of it. With jersey sales, attendance. I mean, fuck it, the video game sales that happen because LeBron James is in the video game. People, Little kids want to play as LeBron James. Little kids want his jerseys. They want to see him. Like, watch him on TV. I mean, the TV ratings... For NBA Finals, when he's in the Finals, or Steph Curry, like when those two specifically are in the Finals, the ratings are astronomically higher than when either one of them are not in the Finals. Same thing that happened with Jordan in the 90s. Like, that's just how that works. That's why they get paid so much. Because they make the NBA and their specific teams so much money. So, like, LeBron James isn't going to go up to... Who does he play for now? The Lakers? He's not going to go up to, you know, Jeannie Buss and say, hey, um... I think I'm going to ask for a billion next year. Like, no, he's not going to get that because he doesn't deserve that. He hasn't earned that amount of money. He ain't that fucking popular. 
But, you know, whatever he gets, he's getting the max amount that he knows he'll be able to get based on, like, his value as an asset of that team and of the league. That's how that works. Brittany Griner's doing the same thing. It just shows you that no one gives two shits about the WNBA. I mean, it's just, like, people get paid what they're supposed to get paid. Very rarely do are people getting fucking, you know, gypped out of their money. Very rarely. Like, if you work at Burger King, you know, you, you ain't doing that great, money-wise. But that's, you deserve it. Like, I mean, you shouldn't be retiring comfortably after working at Burger King. This is not how it works. Um, and if you play in the WNBA, you're probably going to have to get a second job, you know, once you hit 50. <laughs> I have to go work at a car wash, you know, for a couple summers. That's how that works. Like, if more people went to your games and bought your jerseys, you'd make more money. If anything, and the WNBA loses $5 million a year. Guess who pays that $5 million? The fucking NBA. That's how that works. Like, that is how that has always worked since the WNBA has been a league. They lose money every year, and the money gets paid for. That loss gets paid for by the NBA so that they can stay around. If it went up based on straight capitalism, just the way it really should be, the WNBA would have made it about three years, and then it would have just tanked because people would have been like, yeah, well, we're not fucking watching it. It wouldn't be televised. It'd be something that you'd like hear about in the newspaper. Like, oh, there's a WNBA game going on in the fucking Brookshire's parking lot. That's how it works. I, you know, is it the right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 100% right. It's how, how much money you should make. Guess how much money I make? Not a lot. Guess how many people watch this shit? <laughs> Not a lot. If, 50 million, if I got 50 million views per episode, I'd be making a pretty good amount of money. I ain't getting that, so I don't deserve it. You know, I mean, shit, there's uh, right now I'm yelling into the abyss. <laughs> there's no one watching this and that's fine with me. I get it. I mean, I probably wouldn't watch this. I mean, it's the rantings of a fucking fat lunatic, but you know, I got to do it somehow. I'm not going to just stand in like the corner of the street and do it. Then you go to jail, but I could do it here and it's creativity. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I don't deserve a fuckload of money because I don't, I'm not doing good. <laughs> I mean, it's, but that's how it works. The more good I do, the more money I'll make. That's how it works. The more people that give a fuck about Brittany Griner and the WNBA, the more money that those fucking chicks are going to make. Don't get it. I don't get why she's complaining about being in a Russian prison. You're in there with a bunch of hot-ass Russian women, and you're a lesbian. That is fucking paradise. So... Don't complain about that. Don't complain about the money money you make. You make you're overpaid. I mean, in general, like in the you know whatever the average the average salary in the U.S. is fifty thousand dollars. You're making quadruple that to basically play JV basketball. Look, you know I, I'm I'm not athletic. If you can't tell by you know the the way my body moves, <laughs> I am a non athletic individual. I'm more athletic than you would think I am, but that's not saying a whole lot. Um, I have, like, I'm good at quick bursts. <laughs> and I actually have, like, a shockingly good amount of endurance for somebody who smokes, like, a fucking chimney and weighs. I mean, I'm steadily going up in weight, so. But somehow I have, like, a pretty decent amount of endurance. Um, mind over matter. I could beat Brittany Griner in a game of horse. Guaranteed, I have, and not just Brittany Griner. I mean, we shouldn't just pick on her. She's already fucked up enough. <laughs> anyone in the WNBA, I could beat them in a game of horse, without a doubt. If anyone in the WNBA is watching this and wants to come down here and play a game of horse, I mean, it'll be over quick. Like, as long as I don't have to, you know, run, dribble play defense, like any of that kind of stuff, I can, I got a pretty good shot. Um, and, and that's me. Like I'm dog shit at damn near everything, but I would beat any WNBA player in a game of horse. It's just like the same thing. Like somebody's somebody like, Oh, women should play football. It's like, well, they can, that's a thing. I mean, they certainly can play football. You know why they haven't? Because they, they're not as fucking good at it. Nobody's just been like, it's not like the little rascals were like the He-Man woman haters. Like, 
No. If some chick wants to play football, you know, they'll let her play. But guess what? She's going to get fucking smoked. <laughs> I mean, that's how that works. Like, I mean, it's like, well, whenever everybody's throwing a fucking fit about the uh, women's soccer team getting paid so much less than the men's soccer team. Well, guess what? The women's soccer team of not U.S., the Australian women's soccer team, which was ranked fifth in the world, played a team of high school boys and lost like five to zero. So what does that fucking tell you? <laughs> You're just not as good. I mean, you know, better at other things. Just like I'm not good at certain things, but I'm better at other things. I have yet to find out what those better things, those other things are, but you know, I'm not that good at talking yet. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Um, not inherently creative. Um, a bit of a dick. Um, but yeah, but yet here I am. I don't know. It's just an interesting situation. So I'll move on from Brittany Griner. Um, good luck. <laughs> um, now to this. This, I almost had a fucking heart attack when I saw this. So apparently Coca-Cola has created a sponsorship with Jack Daniels to create these. Oh, my God. Fucking heaven in a can. Oh, God. That is Jack Daniels and Coke mixed. Jack and Coke already in a can mixed. Uh, and also Coca-Cola Zero. Uh, which actually, if you don't know this, then you don't, you're not a real drinker. When you mix any kind of liquor with soda, always do diet. Because the sugar in like a regular soda dilutes a lot of the alcohol. You don't get nearly as drunk. Um, I mean, if this existed, when did I quit drinking? Four years ago? Three and a half? Three and a half years ago, I think. Um, if this existed four years ago, I'd be dead. <laughs> I would have shotgunned five of these in a row, blown my throat out, and died. <laughs> like, massive heart. My heart would have exploded through my fucking rotted throat. <laughs> it's like a fucking Cannibal Corpse lyric. Um... Yeah, I mean, this is, like, I got half a chubby whenever I saw this picture. It's like, oh, my God. And I can't drink, which is such a, I mean, that's, I guess, poetic justice. Um, so anyone who can drink, fucking knock out a couple of these for me. I mean, my God. Like, this is, this is a dream come true. Like, it's just too late. <laughs> and I'll be honest, like, I've thought about, like, like, I wonder if I could just drink a little bit, just start drinking again, but only drink a little and, you know, just have like a nightcap. <laughs> and then I was like, no, nah. because then I saw this picture and I immediately thought I would drink 15 of these in 30 minutes without a doubt. Probably not even cold. I drink fucking room temperature, had that fucking just battery acid sand feeling in my teeth. Like, oh, God. Man, you'd be shitting blood for a week. <laughs> it does look amazing, though. God damn, I miss drinking a lot. But at the same time, I also don't miss waking up with my own throw up on my chest. So, <laughs> there's that. Um, so, uh, oh, one other thing. So, I mean, this has just gotten out of fucking hand, too, but... um. So Warren Sapp just released a new, <laughs> so that is Lizzo. If you didn't already know that, um, she apparently released a new song where she got in a bit of hot water, which, you know, you would think cause Lizzo has just been like basically untouchable because she's fat and you can't make fun of fat people. Um, but she just released a song that kind of proved that no one is untouchable because the woke whites are, after her ass. She made a song where one of the lyrics uses the word spaz. Um, and apparently the word spaz is highly offensive to retarded people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because it's short for spastic, which is a neurological condition. Um, and it's, you know, really offensive to disabled people. Look, I mean... Okay, so a couple of years ago, 
about five or six years ago, there was a solar eclipse, which went through, I don't know how much of the U.S. I think it went through, like, Texas into, like, Kentucky and shit like that. But we got it. Like, got, like, you know, deadline into uh, the solar eclipse. Solar eclipse is happening, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go outside and look. And then the second I went outside, like, the sky was weird looking. Like, it was, like, this weirdish, like, weird blue. Kind of like if you ever wear polarized sunglasses, how the sky looks. Like, this, like, it's, like, a deeper blue, but kind of gray, kind of, like, lilac. <laughs> um, and so that that's what the sky looked like. It was a weird glow-ish, like, glowy kind of feeling. Everything felt fuzzy. There were no birds, which it was like in the middle of spring, like kind of early summer. No birds, like sounds of that. No cars going. Like it was this dead quiet. Like whenever it's snowing outside and it's just so fucking like quiet that you can hear like a like a little twig snap like a mile away. Like I mean, you can fucking hear a mosquito fart down the street. Like I am not entirely convinced that I didn't die during that solar eclipse when i went outside i might have died and then i am now living in a weird twilight zone world where jack daniels and coca-cola is in a can lizzo is in trouble for using the word spaz (laughs) you know and we give and the WNBA is in the news like i had to have died there's only that's the only explanation for how and it's i mean and, and men are men get pregnant and have periods and nobody knows what the fuck a woman is. That's where we're at. And I'm pretty sure that it happened during that eclipse. And I think something happened. Something got unleashed. Uh, something made its way through into our fucking plane. I don't know. But things are out of hand. Um, like, I got a lesson given to me that I shouldn't say the word fat anymore. Even though I've been fat for 20, I'm 28, I've been fat for 26 years. So I've been skinny for two years. And it was from ages zero to two. (laughs) Like that was the only time where I was at the weight where I, you know, was a comfortable weight. (laughs) So like, how the fuck can I not say fat? Like I, I have the F word pass. (laughs) like it is it makes no sense but i was told that i'm not supposed to refer to lizzo as being fat or any obese woman as being fat but that they are big and beautiful and i can't just say big i have to say you have to say big and beautiful um which immediately in my head i thought oh i'm gonna have a fucking nosebleed right now (laughs) this is what an aneurysm feels like um, but yeah, so Lizzo, you are big and beautiful, um, and good luck fighting against the little keyboard warriors. Um, so now for the last little bit of the show, I'm uh, going to do monster of the week, which I think I'm going to keep doing for a little bit. I did, uh, one, let's see, this is like, I guess like the fourth one. Cause I didn't want to mother Teresa. So before I even go into this. In case you're new to the show, welcome. <laughs> I'm not sure why you're still listening, but thank you. Um, so I do this thing where I've always had this like fascination with the dark side of like history, um, or not just history, but just people in general, like or or finding out that somebody isn't the person that you think they are. Like I feel like I'm uncovering some truth, um, like Nicolas Cage or something. Show me the declaration. Like, that kind of thing. Um, so, I did so did one on Mother Teresa, Dr. Seuss, Jimmy Savile. Um, basically, just showing that, like, for Mother, uh, Mother Teresa, for example, you know, obviously is like this saint, amazing woman, you know. Um, but she also had a proclivity of rounding up sick and dying people, locking them in a fucking cement building and just watching them suffer because she thought it got her closer to fucking Jesus. Um, Dr. Seuss was a hardcore racist anti-Semite 
who cheated on his wife while she was dying of cancer. Jimmy Savile, better rest. Um, so yeah, these are all people who were in general pretty beloved, who just in, did some pretty horrible shit. So I'm going to do kind of a two-parter this time. Uh, I'm going to start it off with a guy that actually most people probably, you may know who he is. Um, a very famous movie director, probably one of the biggest like impacts on comedies ever, um, is this guy. This is John Landis. Um, he may look like a grubby little worm, but <laughs> that's because he is. Um, John Landis directed, um, let's see, Animal House, Blues Brothers, Coming to America, Trading Places, uh, the Michael Jackson Thriller video, uh, American Werewolf in London. I mean, a lot of super important movies, especially Animal House, Blues Brothers, and uh, Coming to America. Those are like three of the most important comedies ever. So John Landis, highly influential person. And usually people don't ever think anything bad about him whenever they hear his name. You may look at him and say, well, that looks like a character in a Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> or like Mel Gibson's biggest nightmare. Um, but that's just how he looks, you know. Can't help it. Um, so the movie that I'm going to talk about and the reason why John Landis is on the Monster of the Week is a movie called The Twilight Zone, The Movie. Which came out in 1983, I believe. He directed, like, part of the movie, which was being produced by Steven Spielberg, so he was kind of, like, under supervision of Spielberg. Um, oh, God, I'm turning into him. Like, uh, um, actually, it's mine. I guess that's it. Well, hmm. anyways, so, God, I felt creepy just doing it. Um, so John Landis directing this movie. He's directing a scene in the movie with this actor, Vic Morrow. That name doesn't sound familiar. Vic Morrow is the father of the actress Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She's the chick who gets knocked up and has to have an abortion. Um, in one of the greatest comedies of the 80s. <laughs> um, she is also in The Hateful Eight. She is the main actress in The Hateful Eight. She's also in... Uh, Hitch, Hitcher? Is that, I think it's Hitcher, the one with Rutger Hauer and C. Thomas Howell. She's been in a lot of movies. Pretty famous actress. Her father, Vic Morrow, who was in a lot of pretty big movies, too. He was in, like, Blackboard Jungle. I think that's what it's called, Blackboard Jungle or Asphalt Jungle. Someone with Marilyn Monroe. Um, yeah, Vic Morrow's been in a lot of movies. Pretty famous dude. But he's in this movie, Twilight's on the movie, being directed by John Landis. There's a scene that's set, like, during Vietnam where John Land. I mean, um... Vic Morrow has to carry out these two kids, these like little Vietnamese kids, and run through this lagoon while a helicopter is like, you know, flying behind them, like shooting at them. It's like a big action scene. One, they're filming it indoors, which should throw you off as being really fucking weird, but I guess it's just how movies were made back then. Um, in the scene, John Landis is telling, keeps telling the pilot and the stunt coordinators and all these people. It's got to get lower. The helicopter has to get lower, 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 closer, closer, closer. All the stunt coordinators and pilots multiple times tell them, we can't keep going lower. Like, it's way too dangerous. This is a fucking helicopter. And they're not, like, the most stable flying instruments. Just ask Stevie Ray Vaughan and Kobe Bryant. Um, oh, shit. I shouldn't have. Well, oh, well. Um, <laughs> but they're not stable. Helicopters are not stable. Especially when they're like low to the ground and tilted. Like the whole helicopter should be tilted like this, going. Or like. Tick, 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 tick. Um, I know, it's a pretty good helicopter impression. But um, <laughs> the scene, according to John Lance, just ain't working because the helicopter's not getting dangerously close to him. Um, so finally, the pilot's just like, fuck it. All right, I will. I'll go as close as you're wanting me to go. And he does. The problem is that the blade it's a little too close and i was gonna put the video up but i don't know how i don't know how youtube is uh you know how they handle showing people um die <laughs> but i don't think they're into it um but you could look it up if you just look up twilight zone the movie vic morrow it'll come up um you can actually see it from multiple camera angles because they were filming a movie so in the scene or in the videos you can see 
the helicopter getting closer and closer to Vic Morrow, who is holding these two little kids, who I think were like seven and eight or seven and five, like really young kids. And he's running through like the water with them. The water's almost waist deep, about waist deep. The helicopter blade comes and you just see it go. And you see in the video a head just pop up and just shoot off. That's Vic Morrow's head. And his body is still standing in the lagoon with the two kids. The helicopter then crashes into them, kills the two kids. Vic Morrow's obviously already dead because his head is um, 40 yards that away. Um, so John Landis murdered three people. I mean, granted, he didn't, like, shoot them in the head or anything. But they would be alive right now if John Landis didn't keep insisting that this helicopter just go lower and lower and lower. And also, another fucking horrible thing about this. Those kids weren't supposed to be on the set at that time. They, they were not allowed on the set at that time. Um, the like standards and practices for child actors is that they're only allowed to work a certain amount of hours a day and within a certain time frame of the day. This was way past both of those. They'd already been working way too much, and it was way too late in the day. So they should have been gone. But John Landis kept insisting, no, 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 they stay, they stay, they stay. And the problem with this is that, yeah, like, it's against the law. It's illegal. But if you're their mom and you go up to him and say, hey, no, uh, it's 9 o'clock, we got to go, you may find out that when you show up to the set tomorrow, there's two other kids at the set, and they are now in the role. So you kind of just have to do whatever the fuck the directors want. But most directors comply with it. Steven Spielberg specifically is a person who, like, is known for being really compliant because he usually works with child actors. And has always been, like, really nice to, like, children. Granted, a lot of Hollywood shit that involves kids ain't that good, this being one of them. But Spielberg, who, even though he's a producer, he was not on set that day. So that was the thing I was looking at. I was like, God damn, was Spielberg there? He was not there. Um, so John Landis, you would think, would have just been tore up about this. Like, you are responsible for the deaths of an adult, but two fucking kids that were crushed by a helicopter is your fault. You would think he would just be super remorseful. No, (laughs) he doesn't give a shit. He does not care at all. He has given like multiple interviews where he just brushes over it and says that it was like the only times he talks about it in a negative way is because he's saying how negative it was for his career. He never talks about them being like, oh, it's a tragedy for Vic Morrow and these two children. No, it's like, you know, I had a really hard time working after that. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did, asshole. Like, I mean, my God. And, like, what's crazy is that, like, so he makes this movie. Before that, he made Trading Places. That was, like, his last movie before this. And then it was like, oh, he ain't ever going to work again. But Eddie Murphy is like, no, nah, I love John Landis. He's got to work again. So he fucking hires him to do Coming to America. And he has kind of a revamp of his career. In that same time, he does the, he does the Michael Jackson Thriller video. Um, where here they're just playing a game of uh, let's see how many pieces of shit we can fit into one picture. <laughs> He's like rubbing the evil into his shoulders. <laughs> I mean, this is wild. But um, but yeah, John Lance made a lot of movies. He also made Three Amigos. That was one that I kind of forgot about. A lot of people forgot about, I think. But um, yeah. So John Landis, I mean, yeah, just didn't care. Did not give two shits that he murdered three people Uh, he just cared that it ruined his career which it did i mean it did definitely ruin his career i mean did come into america but that career was done so then john landis has a son named max landis this little fucking butt turd so this is max landis son of john landis you might think like Oh, maybe Max Landis learned from his father's mistakes. He's not, he's going to be a nice guy. He's like, no, he's going to be way more empathetic for people. Wrong. Max Landis makes his dad look like a fucking Boy Scout. So let me go through some of Max Landis. Max Landis is nowhere near as famous as his dad, but he is famous. Like Max Landis is, without a doubt, a very well-known writer. He's written a lot of big movies. His first one, I think, was like Chronicle. Um... He's a well-known dude, especially within, like, these, like, Hollywood circles of young actors and writers. Um, Speaking of that circle, he is the leader 
of a group of friends called the um, Color Society. But it's spelled C-O-L-O-U-R, which is already a sign that this dude's a fucking douche. But um, So he's the leader of this group, the Color Society. And the Color Society is like a group of actors and actresses around his age, as well as just people who were like in the scene of like these Hollywood people. So uh, Adam Scott from Parks and Rec is in this Color Society. I think Jared Leto was in it for a little bit. Um, or maybe still is, I don't know, he's running his own fucking cult now, but, um, and then just a lot of young women, like, who, some are actresses, like, really unheard of actresses, and some are just hot chicks that hang out with actors. Max Landis is, like, the leader of this group, and the people who have left the group have all basically described it as being a legit cult, but not just, like, a cult, it is the cult of Max Landis. Which is fucking bizarre. Because this dude looks like a mixture of like Steve-O and Takashi 69 But that's the thing. The Color Society, they like worship Max Landis. They even do this thing once a year called the Burning Max Festival. It's a clever play on words, Burning Man Festival. But it's basically where they go out into the desert and they worship Max Landis. <laughs> like that's their thing is they like, like legitimately worship. Like they idolize him. Um, and he has this thing that he likes to do where he will just invite certain people so that he can kind of pit people against each other and ruin like lifelong friendships. And he, that's like an amusing game to him, which he has specifically talked about doing as a joke, like a thing that he likes to do because it's just, he says, it's just funny to watch and see what happens. That's Kind of what fucking Ted Bundy said when he got arrested, but uh, <laughs> my God. Um, so super narcissistic, psychopathic behavior, but it ain't just that. Um, he, I mean, it gets way worse. So I'm going to go through some just stories of things that P- Max Landis has done that just show like this motherfucker is a creep. So actually I'll start by reading a quote from, so Max Landis I mean, is a pervert, like a rape, a legitimate rapist, like not a like, oh, he touched me down there, but he might have just fell. Like, (laughs) he's like a real raper. Um, This is a quote, a direct quote from Max Landis. It says, I consider myself rare amongst guys and that I still sort of think of hooking up with me as like a privilege someone could have. (laughs) I mean, who would ever think that? I mean, I'm damn sure I'm far off from thinking that. But, yeah, that's what Max Landis, that's the kind of person, like, that's what he thinks of himself. He thinks of himself as just being this, like, God's gift to women, even though, I mean, he looks like a methed-out Pennywise. He's like Machine Gun, he's like BB Gun Kelly. <laughs> I mean, it is amazing. So, here's just some wild, like, cringy, disgusting Max Landis stories, um, which have all been like highly corroborated. And yeah, so, so on the set of, he was on the set of one movie that he was the writer of, not the director. He was the writer of this movie. The director leaves. Max Landis basically assumes the role as a writer because Max Landis's dad is John Landis. Max Landis feels like he can get away with anything. Like a lot of people who's my daddy will get me out of trouble. Uh, because John Landis has had a really good, uh, Uh, a lot of work experience of getting himself out of shit. So Max Landis kind of thinks, ah, well, he can get me out of it too. Um, So one of the things Max Landis did was on the seven movie, he was pretending to, not pretend to be the director, but just assume the role as director, even though he was just a writer. And it was a scene where in the movie, there's like all these like college girls who come out wearing bikini tops and they're like kind of dancing around. Max Landis tells them, no, actually we wrote, rewrote it and you're actually supposed to be topless. This is not what any of these girls had signed up for. They signed up to be in a bikini, and that's what they were comfortable doing. A lot of them expressed a lot of discomfort with the idea of being topless because it was just sprung on them. And they were basically told, like, if you don't do it, you're out. Um, and again, this is by Max Landis. Turns out that was not true. It had never been rewritten. Like, Max Landis just wanted to see him topless. So he, uh, most of them agreed to do it, came back out topless, and he lined them up and then just made fun of their tits. That's all he did. And then the director came back and was like, what the fuck is going on? And then put their, you know, t- 
tops back on. So that's creepy. That's really fucking creepy. Um, so here's another one. This is something he did to Bobcat Goldthwait's daughter, who's an actress. Um, so they were working on a movie together. Again, he was the writer. And he used to play this game where he would, like, pick her up upside down so that her shirt would fall down and show, like, her tits to people. And then he would put her, lay her on a bed and pretend to rape her. And this is a bed that's on the set in front of the entire cast and crew, and no one would say anything. She was the person who said some shit. Like, finally said, like, I'm done. I'm not doing this movie. Fuck you. Like, I'm out. Um, so there's another one. <laughs> then you just think, oh, what is going on? Here's some shit that he would do to, like, his... Uh, so a lot of this comes from an article that was written by... Well, mostly by one of his ex-girlfriends, but it was, like, added on to by a lot of other people, like other ex-girlfriends, people in the color society, yeah, different things like that. One of his ex-girlfriends said that he had this game where he would just, in public, pretend like he was going to hit her so that he could watch her, like, flinch, and then he'd laugh about it. He also, in public, always introduced her as his ex-girlfriend, which is, I mean, sort of funny, <laughs> except for the fact that he did all the other things. If he only did that, oh, there's my ex-girlfriend, and that's it, and otherwise is a nice dude, that's completely passable. But it's the fact that he, he would then pretend to, like, you know, uppercut her and, like, laugh when she flinched and started crying. Um, he also used to, um, oh, this is fucking gross. So he um, had sex with... The first time he had sex with this girl, who ended up being his girlfriend, um, after they were done, he got out his laptop and showed him the list of the women that he has had sex with, along with, like, his rating for each of them and, like, a little description about what they were like and made her read off all of them. And then he wrote her entry into there and rated her and showed it to her. I mean, that is, that is psychotic. I mean, my, I mean, the fucking balls you have to have to do that. Granted, I might try it <laughs> just to see, just so people think I have sex. But, um, you know, um, there's one thing he did. Um, oh, with the same girlfriend, he also said publicly that seeing her cry turned him on. And he liked to try to see how much, how upset he could make her by doing like, you know, reading off the girls he had sex with and like pretending to hit her. And he would do that until he got her to cry so that he could have sex with her while she was crying, because that was his turn on, which is a bit rapey. <laughs> That's usually something that people do when they're being raped. Um, but then this, I mean, so it, that's pretty bad. I mean, that's fucking horrible. But then it's worse because one time he did it to her where she wouldn't cry. She was just like, I'm not going to. So he started choking her until she cried and then had sex with her while she was crying. Um, and then she said that uh, he ended up choking her until she was unconscious and did degrading things with her body. Um, now, what degrading means don't know but it probably ain't fucking good um he also used to slap food out of his girlfriend's hand which is i mean that's again kind of funny but not when you add the fact that he would choke them until they passed out and do degrading things to the body um oh this is a fucking rough one uh he went to disneyland <laughs> that's a great way for this to start went to disneyland with one of his girlfriends and kept putting his hands down the front of her pants in front of all the kids at the, that were in the line and then kept yelling, like, it's time to fuck, it's time to fuck, in front of, like, all these families at Disneyland, and then made her go back to the room and have sex, after, even though she was, like, adamantly saying, I don't want to, I don't want to. So, you know. Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> Jeez, put that in the flyer. You might see Max Landis fucking molest someone. Um, let's see, so it showed that. Um, uh, yeah, and then this is where it turns into... I mean, all of those are really rape. Like, if someone says no, it's fucking rape. Uh, if someone's passed out, it's rape. Because if they can't tell you to stop because they are unconscious, <laughs> it's rape. This one is like, oh, you'll go to jail for this rape. Um, so, a girl who was a friend of Max Landis's girlfriend at the time said that, uh, well, not her girlfriend. It was just so, rewind. This girl who's being interviewed for this said that she was friends of Max Landis friends with this girl, this other girl. They all came, Max Landis and the girl came home drunk, but the girl had a boyfriend. So like she wasn't planning on doing anything with Max Landis, but he got her drunk anyways. 
and then they go off or whatever and she hears from the other room her saying like are you my boyfriend are you my boyfriend because she's just so drunk doesn't know and a guy saying yeah i am yeah i am and she's like oh i didn't know he was home like the boyfriend so she goes in there and sees max landis raping her like actually having sex with her and her like trying to like kind of push him off and then she yells at him runs out says i'm gonna call the cops and he starts saying like you didn't see what you think you saw blah 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 so yeah (laughs) i mean this little son of a bitch can you imagine that and then just look at his dad he's just little fucking assholes like that's that's the landis's and then i guess to like because you think like oh is nobody gonna stop this fucking dude so when he wrote the movie chronicle the director of Chronicle, Josh uh, Trank said that um, whenever this article came out, there was like talking about all the just fucked up shit he's done. He said, um, a hundred percent believe every word in the article about this. I banned him from visiting principal photography of Chronicle and haven't spoken to him since. So yeah, I mean, a lot of the people that know him know he's a piece of shit. So it's not like this unheard of thing where they could be making it up. Like, no, he's a dickhead. So John Landis, that's a recap. John Landis murders three people, including two children. Max Landis raped multiple women and did just horribly abusive shit to her. And look, I am by no means an angel. I am impossible to be in a relationship with. (laughs) It is not fucking easy. I'm all... Uh, you know, I have a little bit of narcissism, which is hard to believe because I'm a giant, like, fat ass. Um, <laughs> but somehow there's still narcissism in here somewhere. But this, like, reading that, I was like, at least I'm not that. Like, holy Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, apparently assholeness is genetic, which makes sense. Uh, there's some stories my dad's told me where I was like, you're a bit of an asshole. <laughs> like, aren't you? Like, you're kind of a dick. So I can kind of see where this comes from. I'll tell some on the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, I guess that'll wrap up this one. I might, I need to maybe not. I think I might have to start doing the monster of the week earlier in the show. Cause, uh, it feels weird leaving on a rape note. I mean, it's like prom. <laughs> um, anyways, so, Goodbye, everybody. Until next time.